How about that cigar? How about that cigar? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Drew Estate Cigar Studios to episode number 92 of How About That Cigar Live. Thank you so much for joining us. Take just a minute, if you would, please. Share us out with your favorite Facebook cigar groups. Share it out on Instagram. Share it out on all the social media goings on and let them know we are live right now. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for listening. If you're listening on the audio podcast after the fact, we are so grateful that you're taking some time while you drive down the road or while you work out, whenever you listen to your favorite podcast. Thanks for making us a part of that. Uh, and as always, the Drew Estate Cigar Studios bring you this show. And let's talk to uh, let's talk to you about the the Bauhaus uh, cigar. Uh, the basic tenet of Bauhaus architecture is that every object must have a purpose in the design. The new Liga Pravada Bauhaus Short Robusto pays extra attention to leaf placement within the cigar, intentionally designed to take our European aficionados through a newly newly curated experience. The Bauhaus is a 114 millimeter by 50 short Robusto that is wrapped in a rich, earthy Connecticut broadleaf kappa, introduces a bold Brazilian binder, and is completed using filler tobaccos from Honduras and Nicaragua. The Liga Pravada Unico Series Bauhaus is packaged in an elegant gold embossed 12 count box. The Liga Pravada Unico Series Bauhaus, now available at EU retailers through Drew Estates European Distributors. For more info, please visit DrewEstate.com. So welcome again. Episode 92. 92. We are creeping up on the elusive episode number 100. Mm-hmm. We're also creeping up on this. This is crazy, guys. So so started working on this a long time ago, and we're actually also creeping up on February 1st, which is... Two years since this uh, since this whole thing started. So the website for uh, for HowAboutThatCigar.com actually launched and went live on February first, two thousand nineteen. Mm. That is just crazy. So uh, thank you guys for sharing the journey with us. Uh, as always um, tonight, tell us what you're smoking. Tell us what you're drinking. Uh, you know, while you're watching the show, put that in the comments. Um, we're going to have a great special guest coming on in just a couple minutes. So if you have any questions, please make sure to also put those in the comments. Um, so we just finished, uh, for, for those of us who watch, uh, like to watch a little bit of football. We just finished wildcard weekend, very different kind of wildcard weekend, you know, because, uh, packing a lot of games into, uh, you know, a short period of time. But, um, there were some, you know, kind of like football usually is there was some, games that were kind of boring and dull and there were some kind of exciting games that cleveland pittsburgh Bakerfield, game, bakerfield Ma- baker mayfield that one that, one, <laughs> that guy with the words and the, the syllables the in his ma- name the maker the, bayfield maker bayfield mm-hmm. absolutely <laughs> so good so good that was uh, the, it was a great game to watch because i mean i i don't hate the steelers i don't hate ben roethlisberger mm-hmm. i just i i think Seeing Cleveland, you know, being so terrible for so many years, and seeing them have not only a playoff win, but an absolutely definitive, uh, embarrassing performance—I mean, embarrassment of another team, where they they basically just took it to to Pittsburgh and just railed them yeah, the whole game. It was did. it was incredible, and and I like Baker Mayfield. I like Chubb. I like you know the that team is really solid and it's it's cool to see oh the uh the early game was uh was really boring yeah 
Uh, yeah. It really was. But that Cleveland-Pittsburgh game, and, you know, I don't know if you guys watch TikTok or you watch any of the YouTube stuff, but the amount of Pittsburgh fans that destroyed their televisions and, like, had tantrums. Yeah. It's pretty epic. Well, and a friend of ours from uh, Minnesota Herf Connection, Mark Ward, um, he he commented, he and I were kind of jabbing at each other on Facebook last night, and and uh, he basically said it was all my fault because as soon as that as soon as that that crazy snap went wrong uh, yeah. at the beginning, I, I just posted on Facebook. You know, boy, that escalated quickly. <laughs> and he basically said, "Matt Ty, I blame you." And I'm sorry, Mark. Your team just really didn't play very well. Nope. So, uh, um, my Green Bay Packers, very exciting. We're still in it. Um, the divisional round, look on your screen, it looks like this. Uh, the Rams are playing at the Packers. The Ravens are playing at the Bills. Uh, those are the two Saturday games. And then Sunday, the Bucks are at the Saints and the Browns are at the Chiefs. And I think all four of those games are going to be very exciting. As I much as I love my Green Bay Packers, again, I think this is uh, going to be a very difficult game because the Rams' defense is ridiculous. They are. They're very, very good defense. So. Yep. But you know we're not just gonna we're not just gonna lay down. That's why you play the game. So it'll be exciting. Um, so you know for you guys, little by little, we're starting to see. You know, there we've seen a shift back and forth for wherever you live, uh, as far as lounges being open, cigar shops being open and closed. So um, continue as always to support your local brick and mortar cigar shops. Uh, call them. Check check with them on Facebook. Um, you know, check on their availability. And if they're open, please go and support those businesses to, uh, you know, because if we lose our cigar lounges, um, I don't even want to think about that. Let's Mm -mm. just, let's not lose our cigar lounges. Mm -mm. So get out there and support those local businesses uh, and keep them, uh, you know, keep them going. So let's bring on our special guest of the evening for the main segment of the show. And as always, guys, the main segment of How About That Cigar Live is brought to you by Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Mr. Jeff Borshowitz believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more info, please visit CoronaCigar.com and FloridaSunGrown.com. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please, if you would, welcome to How About That Cigar Live, episode number 92 from Macanudo. Laurel Tilly, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the show. Of course. Thanks for inviting me. Also, I just learned you're a Packers fan (laughs) while I was uh, waiting to be let in. So, I guess kudos to you. I'm yeah, well, I didn't. I didn't really do much. I just, I just stare at the screen and and cheer for them, and occasionally throw the remote across the room. It depends on my mood. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't get into it as much as I used to. I used to. There, 
my my kids even have memories of of a couple times of me just really getting way too into a game. So I toned it down because I realized they don't need to see that. They don't need to see dad yelling at the TV screen over a stupid football game. Well, I think even my dog knows when I'm watching football <laughs> now that because my dog is is attached to me like crazy and. He just knows the sound of football, and he's like, oh, nope, I'm not doing this today. I'm going to see myself out of this situation. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's awesome. So, uh, Laurel, thank you for being on. And we know that, um, you know, we talked a little bit before we went live that, um, you know, you're traveling right now. So being in a hotel room, unfortunately, you can't smoke with us. But um, tell us where you're broadcasting from and, um, you know, just give us um, give us a little bit of an idea of how – you know, how was, how was the new year transition for you? And, and, uh, you know, look, turning that page from 2020 into 2021. Well, I am in the lovely courtyard Marriott in the Fairfax area, um, just outside of DC. So we're really not doing too much traveling as of yet. Um, but I'm out here working with one of our reps, um, who is a little bit newer to the company and just kind of visiting some accounts and um, you know spreading the good word of Macanudo. So 2021, honestly, I mean, time at this point is arbitrary. I don't even, I still kind of feel like it's March of last year. It's like once the pandemic started and we got grounded and stayed home, it's like time just halted. So like, yes, we had the holidays. Like, yes, things happen that tell you it's later in the year, but I don't believe it. So I feel like at this point in time, it's still just an extension of last year. Um, just kind of waiting for things to, um, you know, get opened back up eventually here and, uh, you know, have travel rolled out and kind of get back to normal a little bit. But, um, you know, I've been able to do a little bit. So that's been nice. Get out, see some people yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, still smoking cigars, except obviously for right now, because I don't think Marriott would be thrilled if I started smoking in their hotel room. Yeah. And uh, Laurel, tell us, what is your position with Macanudo? So I am the national brand ambassador, which is just a little bit of everything. So my primary duty is to go out and work with our local reps and run events and just kind of talk about the brand and promote the brand, um, doing things at this capacity. And um, I also work with the um, blend selection panel to develop new future blends and to choose blends that we will be bringing to market. So, uh, but primarily traveling around and working with our reps. Well, and speaking, speaking of blends, um, Laurel, thank you for sending us some cigars to feature on the show tonight. And you're so welcome. I have to say that. So I just fired up the Inspirato Palladium. Okay. uh, And I am not just, you know, blowing smoke here. This cigar <laughs> is really, really tasty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I dig it a lot. So Garrett, tell us what you fired up. And I fired up the Inspirato. The green. Okay. The green. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So two very different cigars. Um, yeah. The Palladium is a limited release Inspirato that we do in the fall every year. Um, I say every year, it's only been two years, but it is a, an annual release. Um, it's an Ecuadorian, um, Connecticut wrapper and we're using a five country blend in it. So it's, it's a really unique blend in that it's mellow still, but super full flavored. I think there's this misconception that if a cigar is inherently mellow, that you're just going to also have a muted flavor, but you very much can have something on the lower end of the strong spectrum. And, um, 
still have a really good flavor. And then we're also doing a tertio aging process with that. So it's we're aging the palm or we're aging the tobacco in palm bark. So it is going to give it a little bit of a sweetness, both in flavor and aroma. And it allows those oils and flavors to sort of stay locked into the tobacco as it ages, as opposed to burlap, which can kind of come out over time. There's a great, um, there's just this great underlying sweetness to the aroma. The retro hail has got nice sweetness to it. There's, there's a, through the nose, there's this really cool kind of mild spicy bite, but it goes with this sweetness really, really, really well. I so we got a lot, or I got sent a fair amount of palladium um, right before we released it again this year. And I don't know, like I had a bunch of five packs and they had kind of gotten pushed to the back of the humidor. So I didn't remember that I had all of these packs of palladium. And not that long ago, I was going through the humidor looking for something in particular. And I just stumbled upon like (laughs) seven to 10. I don't remember the exact number of these five packs. I was like, oh my God, there's so much palladium here. (laughs) So that's like all I've been smoking for the last couple of weeks because I really like it. And I thought I just didn't have any more, except maybe like one or two miscellaneous ones. And then I found this like unintentional secret stash in the back of the humidor. So that's how you ended up getting one of those. <laughs> well, love yeah, it. we're grateful. And so one of the things that since this is your first visit on the show, um, when people come on for the first time, we really like to at least spend a couple minutes just learning how you became enamored with premium cigars. So Tell us a little bit about the, you know, the first time you sat down and smoked a premium cigar and, you know, gradually how that led to you being the national brand ambassador for Macanudo. Okay. Well, the first time I sat down and smoked a cigar, it was not a premium cigar. Um, It was in January on my birthday. (laughs) We sat outside because it was right when the smoking ban was implemented. Um, And it was not a terribly enjoyable experience because I was like, man, I'm cold. I'm sitting in the snow, the cigar. It wasn't necessarily, I think what I needed for my first cigar to try to introduce me into the world of premium tobacco. But, um, I tried it again and here we are like 10 years later. (laughs) So, um, the first premium cigar that I ever sat down and smoked was the San Cristobal del Sol. And that was, a big leap from the first cigar that I had, which was um, a Grenadier. And oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I could get on board with this because I have been given to try um, a few cigars here and there, a few of them flavored, a few of them not. And I hadn't really found anything that I was super into. Like, I don't dislike it but these aren't making me come back for more to make this like the focal point of an activity that I'm doing. And then the cigar shop that I eventually ended up working at um, was near one of the, near the college that I went to and I had gone there with some friends and they had recommended the the Del Sol. And now in hindsight, that was probably like a little stronger than I needed as I was still dipping my toe in the water, but it was just such a good cigar. And I remember thinking to myself like, wow, this is how it should be. Like, this is what cigars are all about. Like I'm actually really enjoying that. And that was kind of the first step in my cigar journey to trying other cigars, kind of similar to that profile and then branching out to really get my footing and figure out what I liked. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, Gary. No, I was just going to say, do we talk about misogyny now or is that going to (laughs) be in the show? Um, 
I mean, I, I do, at, you know, I do want to address the, you know, the misconception that uh, cigars are just this old guy's, um, you know, club. Uh, can you talk a little bit about, you know, what it's been like as a woman to really immerse yourself in the culture and, and cigars um, and, uh, you know, what that's like? I mean, and it's interesting because I get this question fairly frequently, but it's like, as time goes by, it just, it's ever changing. Like, I feel that at this point in time, people like acknowledge that I'm a young woman in a cigar shop. And for the, I would say on most occasions when I'm in a cigar shop, it's at the, you know, for work. So I'm walking in with a wrap, I'm there to do an event. So there's less of a mystique about it because like, it's clear that I have a scheduled visit there. Um, but I think that it's less of, Oh, you're a young woman smoking a cigar, whether it be with someone else or by yourself in the cigar lounge. And Oh, cool. Another cigar smoker. So not that there was really any, at least for me, like perceived stigma around it. It just, it seems like over time it's less and less, you know, a thing. Yeah. Odd to see like a woman by herself in the cigar shop smoking a cigar. I mean, and even now I'll go to different cigar lounges and I will see single women, well, single, at least in that capacity. I don't know their personal life, (laughs) but you know, by themselves at the cigar shop, like doing work, you know, watching something on their phone um, or just hanging out with friends or just going there simply to read a book and smoke a cigar. And I think that's very, very cool because we just see it becoming more popular again, not necessarily more accepted, but it's just, it's less jarring if that makes sense. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's a great thing that yep. that and you're totally right over the past there does seem like there's been a a big um increase in that even just in the last recent years maybe I don't know 5 6 years where it's like you said it's it it's just it's just part of cigar culture now it's yeah. not yeah it's it's nothing it, and I think that's a fantastic thing I I think it should should always just be a part of cigar culture that anybody who wants mm-hmm. to sit down, you know, and share in this culture and, and smoke yeah. a premium cigar, you can be from any, any different background. You can be male, female, you can be religious, non-religious, you can be political, non-political. You can love the Packers. You can love the bears, whatever it is. Well, and so, well, maybe not the bears. bears, maybe not the bears so much, but, <laughs> but you can sit down together yeah. and, and it, it, it just, transcends the the tobacco the tobacco they're they're honestly not to get all all you know deep thoughts but the tobacco really does kind of break through all that bullshit and Mm -hmm. and just you know make something kind of cool out of a community of people Mm -hmm. yeah it doesn't seem so much to be anymore like a cigar smoker and then a woman cigar smoker if that makes sense it's more of just like the all-encompassing cigar smoker yeah and especially in the South, like uh, as I traveled, um, there are more and more women in the South that I've noticed that are getting more and more into the cigar culture than uh, in the North and, you know, Midwest. Okay. I've noticed. I don't know in your travels what what you see there, but um, the uh, the sprinkling up here is light, but it's growing. Okay. I mean... 
I would say in general, I mean, like overall, yes, I see an increase. I see bigger pockets of like women's only cigar groups in more in like the East Coast. Um, and I would agree with you a little bit more into the South. I mean, there's um, a big women's group in like the Charlotte area. Mm-hmm. Um, I know actually there's one in um, there was Cigar Babes in the greater Milwaukee area. Um, okay. And then I know there's like um, a Chicago women's smoking club. So there's a few in the Midwest. But yeah, I mean, I would say the South. I see less groups and more just individualized female smokers going in by themselves. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas the East seems to be like, there's a greater, po- a greater population, but more of like the group club mentality, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. 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 So in um, kind of in the, in the world of premium cigars, even, even outside of the culture of premium cigars, you know, just, just the general population, um, there are certain words and names in the cigar business that everybody will recognize. Um, one of them is Cohiba. Cohiba, whether it's a cigar smoker or a non-cigar smoker, people just know that name. Yes. And honestly, Macanudo has become that same way, where it's it's a word that almost just means cigars. Yeah. And and people just know that name. So, you know, what's, you know, so many people can claim a Macanudo as their first cigar. Uh, that's so common where, you know, the, mm-hmm. you know, that it was, it, it was one of my first premium cigars mm-hmm. was a Hyde Park, you know, no lie. And, and I think that's really common. Actually, you f- find people who've been smoking cigars for more than a year or two. Um, honestly, people who've been smoking cigars for more than a month, they'll say, yeah, I've, I've tried it, a, a Macanudo. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it's, it's a really good recommendation for, for newer premium cigar smokers because, uh, it's flavorful, it's approachable. And, and so what does that mean to you to be, I mean, to be the ambassador of such an iconic name? You know, it's funny that you asked that question because when it all sort of happens, like you're in it and you don't really like reflect from the outside and say, oh, wow, it's super cool and a great honor to be part of this powerhouse brand that is Macanudo. So I think you're just like so ingrained in just the every like the day to day of like the smoking and talking to people and doing events and traveling and stuff that it wasn't until maybe like a year or two ago where I was talking to a friend about it and they're like, yeah. So like, I really didn't know a lot about what you did. And I looked up Macanudo and it's like a crazy big brand and like (laughs) responsible for like a lot of sales and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I mean, it really is crazy to think about a brand as big as Macanudo and then just, being able to sort of be so immersed in that world. Um, so yeah, it is definitely humbling. Um, and it is really cool to know how many people have used Macanudo as, you know, a stepping stone to their first cigar. I mean, hopefully with like the addition of the Inspirato series, like a lot of the people's first cigar was the, it was the cafe series, particularly the Portofino. I get a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, 
trying something different, like the Inspirato Green, um, you know, Garrett, like you're smoking, or like the Inspirato mm -hmm. Red or the Inspirato Black, something that's going to offer a little bit more of a, a fuller-bodied smoking experience, fuller flavor, stronger. Um, but anyway, yeah, to make a short answer long here, it's cool. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it's kind of a big deal. It's very, no, it's very interesting, and it's just to be on a brand with so much history um, and really just having its roots so deep in the cigar industry, um, yeah. I find to be quite truthfully a very big honor. So I like, try yeah. not to mess it up. So, well, and I even know, sorry, but no, I, yeah. I even know uh, at least one guy who just uh, genuinely, he just uses the word Macanudo. He's like, yeah, I'm going to for cigars. Yeah, yeah. He's, he says uh, it's like it's like using Kleenex. the word Coke or Kleenex or whatever. He said, mm -hmm. he's like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to the shop and I'm going to pick up a couple Macanudos. And, and it's like, oh, OK, that's great. Uh, yeah, I got to And then he comes, he you know comes to my house or whatever. He's like, yeah, I grabbed a I, I grabbed a Arturo Fuente Macanudo and I grabbed it. And I'm like, no, dude, they're they're different brands. He's like, I don't care. That's just what I call them. But that's, <laughs> that's that, amazing. It's actually a cool thing that that yeah. It, um and I, and I know guys on kind of the other side that use the word Cohiba. They say, yeah, yeah I'm going to go to the cigar shop, pick up a couple of Cohibas, and it could be any brand. Yeah. But to have that name with that kind of brand power behind it is yeah. pretty. I mean, it's just it's it's so cool to have that kind of history, you know, behind a brand that you get to represent every day and and teach people about who especially younger cigar smokers because today with social media and things like that you know the people always want to know what's the newest latest and greatest thing on the market but that sometimes we lose sight of the fact that some of the brands that have been around for decades mm -hmm. are still really good to this day yeah i mean it's it is very easy to lose sight of that because to your point, it's always what's new, what's exciting, what's fresh, you know, and I am a victim of that as well. Like falling to the, not necessarily with cigars all the time, but just, you know, what's new, what's, you know, what haven't I seen before, but there's a reason these brands have been around for a very long time. Like I really enjoy some of our old school blends, like the Excalibur Cameroon. I always include the Excalibur Cameroon on my cigar orders because I just enjoy the hell out of them. And it's one of those cigars you give to somebody and they're like, Oh my gosh, I haven't smoked this in, you know, this many years. I forgot how good this is. I'm like, I know it's, it's like you have to make a conscious effort, conscious effort to say, okay, what did I used to enjoy? What can I revisit? Cause it's great that not only us, but the industry as a whole is constantly developing and producing new cigars, innovating, using different blending techniques, tobaccos from different countries of origin. Like, I love that. I love that in a world where tobacco is just taking a beating from every which way that yeah. we're still able to innovate like that. However, yeah. it is important to remember that sometimes your old, you know, tried and true standby cigar is worth smoking again. Yeah, absolutely. And so Macanudo, when when Macanudo comes into the conversation amongst, you know, the cigar cultured or, you know, the cigar nerds, it's pretty typical that I hear it talked about as this old brand or this uh, beginner brand or kind of the, the gateway cigar for a lot of people. But with this new Inspirato, um, I don't want to say new, but with the Inspirato line that came out, 
and all the new things. How how are you seeing that start to transition? Yeah, and that's a really good question because it's been really interesting in just even the last four years to see the difference of like public reception. Because mm-hmm. to your point, Macanudo was almost synonymous with being a mellow cigar. It was your grandfather's cigar. It was somebody's first cigar, the cigar that you could find at every hotel, restaurant, golf course, what have you. And they definitely still have a place in the market. I mean, the Macanudo Cafe series is still our bread and butter. It's still one of our best-selling cigars. Um, but I think there is this shift happening where the Inspirato line in its infancy had a little bit of hesitation, I think, because it was people were expecting it to be just a mellow Macanudo. Um, we got some really good accolades on the Inspirato Orange back in 2016. Mm-hmm. And then with the release of the black, the white, the red, and then now the green, um, people are starting to sort of come around and think differently about the brand. And that is evident in the events I do. Um, I would say that when I first started out, doing Macanudo events, specifically Inspirato events, you would get maybe, I don't know, I'm trying to put a hard number on this. Obviously it varies account to account, but a good portion of people saying, oh, I haven't smoked a Macanudo in 10 years and I have no intention of doing so. They're too mild for me. Mm-hmm. And then trying to convince them that the Inspirato series is probably, you know, it is different from what they're expecting, especially if they want something stronger, fuller flavor, fuller bodied, right? Um, and now when I'm doing events, I would say that, the vast majority, if not everybody at the account has had an Inspirato at some point, and they have sort of a different outlook on Macanudo as a brand. So I think it's just, it's a slow process. I mean, you have to play the long game with that. You can't one day wake up and say, hey, remember Macanudo when you used to smoke it years ago? It's now different, but it's not different because we still make the original ones. So just letting it kind of sit in the marketplace and, um, you know, garner a following and getting people just to, just to think differently about the brand that it's, it's still innovating and it is still relevant. So. Yeah. Awesome. Well, and I, um, I think that, that your, the team that you are a part of with, with everybody at general cigar, we've been very fortunate to have other people from the family, you know, on the show, we've had Sean Williams on, we've had Justin Andrews on, we've had Ricky Rodriguez on, and and just the i think there's there's great things happening with general cigar as a family because of what you talked about and that is that all of the brand ambassadors yourself included are are doing like you said which is taking these storied you know brands with a lot of history behind them and uh, flipping the script to make them a part of the new cigar culture where it's, it's cool and it's okay to, um, to love a brand that's been around since your grandfather was first smoking cigars. And right. at the same time, the brands are, are innovating and putting forward blends that appeal to the newer generation of cigar smokers who tend to really drive towards really full flavored, full bodied stuff. Um, and so tell us a little bit about the, you know, the general cigar family, you know, what is, you know, what is the dynamic like for you guys as a group, you know, it's, oh, got, it's, it's, it's yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> but it's it's got to be such such a um, just such a great time to be able to work with you know such great people like like some of the people we mentioned. It is, and Rick, Sean, Justin included. You know, we just we don't get the opportunity all that often to spend time together because the majority of all of our positions is doing individualized or, you know, specialized branded events, right? So Cohiba and Macanudo aren't necessarily teaming up to do something like that. So really the only capacity which we're seeing each other would be like a big smoke, Rocky mountain, you know, cigar fast, stuff like that. Um, So we always try to keep in contact with each other, you know, Sean jokes that we're all on our own little island because we kind of have this interesting position at the company where we're like, we're not quite sales, we're not quite marketing, we're not quite PR. It's like this weird sort of like hybrid kind of catch all position. And, you know, only the limited amount of us really have an understanding of like, you know, the day to day needs of it. So I really enjoy having them as my coworkers. I mean, I can honestly say for a company, as big as we are with all the employees that we have, like I enjoy working with all of our reps. I love the time that I get to spend with Rick or Justin or, um, you know, Sean or like Max Stokeby who handles our pipe tobacco. So he's in our position basically for pipe tobacco. Um, We have so much fun at those kind of events. And I wish, I wish that we could spend more time together, but yeah. And it's, it's really cool to sort of lean on each other, whether it be, Oh, you know, I'm having trouble with, you know, trying to set up something with this account in this area, you know, do you have any experience with them? Or it's, hey, um, looking at different packaging options, you know, trying to, I don't know, it's, it's everything. It's like, yeah. um, you know, professional support, emotional support. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool to have those people in your life as your coworkers, because, again, being in the situation and just dealing with them on a day to day basis, like, I don't think I realize how grateful I am to have good people like that and to have a good support system professionally. And then um, to, you know, see friends who have like, you know, bickering issues with their coworkers. There's always something going on. I'm like, man, I'm really lucky. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And so the one thing that I've enjoyed, uh, you know, preparing for this show is to really see how much of a cigar nerd you are. And you're not just this brand ambassador, this, you know, pretty face that goes around and, you know, (laughs) but that you truly love cigars, the cigar industry. And you started doing these videos late last year, um, uh, Mac facts and, you know, doing just a little segment on um, part of, uh, of tobacco. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what we might uh, be able to expect in the future? Yeah, you know, and I love the MacFax videos. So when we sort of got grounded and we weren't able to travel anymore, I was trying to come up with just creative ways to be on social media that was like interesting and consumable without just being like, oh my God, she's on here talking for an hour about nothing. I don't care. (laughs) So I went through all of our different blends and sort of gave an overview on those, talked about maybe some like pairing suggestions, but I wanted to do something that was a little bit less specific to Macanudo and a little bit more broad for the cigar industry. So the MacFax videos, I call them MacFax because, you know, I'm still a Macanudo girl, right? But 
it's just kind of general tobacco education. So one of them I talked about, Connecticut Shade, um, the delicacy of it, you know, where it's grown, how much a plant yields. I mean, really getting into the weeds of that kind of stuff. You know, one was on broadleaf, one was on nicotine, one was on like the tobacco diseases and crop rotation. So stuff that it's like you don't know, you don't know. Mm-hmm. And just these sort of like everyday interesting anecdotes about tobacco. Because I get like the nicotine one for me personally, I get the question all the time, like how the nicotine of a cigar compares to the nicotine of a cigarette. Yeah. And I was like, you know, honestly, I'm not totally sure. Like I know there's less and you're getting more concentration from a cigarette. But as far as like the actual like percentage and like the, you know, the science behind it. So I actually worked with our um tobacco procurement um guy Ernest out of um he's in the Hartford area and he's the one who like oversees all of the independent farmers in Connecticut and he goes um to Brazil to get our tobacco you know he he works with the farmers in Cameroon to make sure that we're getting the tobacco that is up to our standards so anyway he's in a crazy cool position and he is literally a fountain of knowledge. He's actually writing a book about like the science of tobacco. So I'm really excited to read that when it comes out. Um, but I worked with him to get some more of the technical questions, um, like the nicotine content and some stuff about the tobacco viruses, because as much as I love cigars and as much as I think I know, I mean, I would say that I know a fair amount about cigars and tobacco, but I also would not say that I know everything. Like I am far from knowing everything. I'm like comfortably in the middle and talking to somebody like Ernest, even after nearly 10 years in the industry, like just for me to learn something new and to like really like latch onto it. It was like, Oh my God, that's so interesting. Tell me more. And so it's that kind of stuff that I want to translate through to these Mac facts videos. Maybe it's something that, I'm learning more about something that, again, can translate to other cigars, not just specifically Macanudo. So yeah. just sort of like a general tobacco education. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you guys uh, <clears throat> check out her videos on uh, Mac Facts. Something I mean, one of the things that blew me away is uh, the blue mold fact. And um, if you don't know about blue mold and, and tobacco, it's it's it sucks. Um, um, is it Ecuador? Mm -hmm. Ecuador doesn't Doesn't get blue mold. Right. Right. Yeah. Who knew? Not I, I literally did not know that before talking to Ernest because I knew some like general stuff about tobacco diseases and stuff. But to be honest, like, I don't want to say like, I don't have to know that, but like how often in conversation are like tobacco viruses and the issue of them coming up. Right. But it's something that like does affect year to year the crop. So I wanted to know more about it. And when he was talking about the blue mold thing, I was like, that's so interesting. I wonder if other people would find that interesting. So I'm really glad yeah. that you do. You mean, you mean you're not getting brick and mortar shop owners asking you all the time, does blue mold happen in Ecuador? Because if <laughs> no, it does, no, I'm not buying it. I know. <laughs> so you, you talked a little bit about, you know, some of the stuff that you've been reaching for lately. But, you know, if you go back over the last couple of years and you think about, you know, the Macanudo cigars that you that you keep on hand all the time. What is the, is there one from the line that you, you can say that you yourself more often than any of the other cigars from Macanudo that you find yourself reaching for? 
Absolutely. Inspirato Orange and Macanudo 1968. Those are and vintage. I've been smoking a lot more of the vintage 97 lately just because I remembered to get myself a box. <laughs> I love those too, but those to me seem a little bit more decadent. Like I have to have an occasion to smoke it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Inspirato Orange is definitely my favorite of the Inspirato series and probably my favorite for Macanudo as a whole. The 1968 um, is right up there. And like I said, the Vintage 97, although I've been smoking a ton of the green and then again, circling back, I've actually been smoking a lot of the Palladium lately as well. Um, but yeah, the orange and the 68 for sure. Yeah, I agree with you on the 68. It's one that um, after, uh, you know, after a, a big meal with a, with a hearty beverage and, and honestly, even, even a bowl of ice cream, I think that's, that's, uh, that cigar goes nicely after, you know, uh, after a big meal like that. I, I like it myself. It's so yeah. underrated. And it's one of those it really cigars that kind of falls into the, you know, the older category. Like it's been around for a while. It's not something that people think about. Like I often think people overlook it as a line within Macanudo and then they smoke it and they're like, oh my God, this is a really good cigar. And I'm like, I know. Yeah. So yes, that would be, my recommendation, like if you could have any, like the dark horse of the Macanudo line, the 1968 for sure. Oh, that's good. Yep. So um, I want to look forward, you know, uh, I want to look ahead right now at 2021 for for Macanudo cigars. And I want, you know, just are, are there any, are there, what do you guys have coming up as far as are, are you working on some new stuff that you're planning on releasing? You don't have to divulge the specifics, but are you working on some new stuff or are you, uh, you know, because with COVID we're still kind of seeing details worked out as far as which things are going to happen, which things aren't. So um, are you, are you planning any, any events or in-store visits, things like that coming up in 2021? Um, I mean, yes, we have some stuff planned event wise for the latter half of the year. You know, obviously we'll have to see things or see how things shake out. Um, you know, like I know Cigar Fest is typically scheduled for May and right now we're working with an October date. Um, so we do have stuff planned for the end of the year, but again, we just kind of have to take it as it comes. Um, and I appreciate you saying that I don't have to like divulge any details, but <laughs> I can tell you that we do have a couple of uh, Macanudos coming down the pipeline in 2021 that you can look forward to. Mm, very good. Very good. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, it's, and we, we know that, that um, you know, your people in the factories, you know, are, are always working on stuff. And I know that you, you know, it's, it's, it's just great to know that um, even with all the craziness that's been going on for the last uh, 12 months or so in the world that, you know, people are, people are still working regardless of what industry they're in. And even in premium cigars, there's still people in the factories and the farms that are, that are working on new blends and stuff like that, mm -hmm. you know, and, and we know that, um, that you've, um, you've still been working to, to get the word out about the brand and to teach people about Macanudo, uh, about the history and about the, uh, you know, the, the, the great stuff that, that is coming from the brand even now. And awesome to hear that there's stuff, you know, coming down the road because yeah. as much as we love the stuff that's been around forever, it's always people, you know, people are still lining up to say, Hey, you got anything new what, back there? New thing, you know? Right. So, yeah. Well, and it's nice because we have to, plan so far in advance yeah um when we want to do a new cigar so 
I mean, it's pretty seldom that, you know, in January of 2021, we'd say by the end of, you know, by December of 2021, we want this developed and released. So because the stuff has, you know, some pretty extensive um, pre-planning, we're still able to release in 2021, which is nice. Um, we do have some exciting stuff coming out. Um, we've got a limited release coming out. Um, and like I said, I can't go into details, but I can tell you that it is going to be an interesting seed and country of origin combination. So Very I'm excited cool. about that. And uh, yeah, I mean, and at a time when the cigar industry is up, people are smoking, people are smoking a lot. People are kind of coming back to this hobby or they are just increasing how much they consume. Of course, we have to keep pumping new stuff out. we got to you know, kind of keep people uh, <laughs> wanting to come back from Macanudo, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, well, let's... Um, I want to check oh, in. Oh, yeah, check in. <clears throat> so, you know when you have like a really good uh, spicy meal and there's that, that spice that lingers in your mouth? That's what I'm getting from this Inspirato Green that okay. I love is there's just this lingering good spice that um, happens in my tongue and the roof of my mouth that I'm absolutely loving. Um, and this is delicious. Now, have you, I guess this question can apply to both of you. Have you smoked your respective cigars before this show? I have I have had the green before, and you I had the green. Okay, I've yeah. had the green. Um, this is my first time with the with the Palladium. Okay, I've had all the Inspirato series except for now, right now this Palladium, and okay. I I agree with with Garrett on the on the green that it's got a long. My terminology is it's got a really long finish. Yep, the finish stays with you. Sure. Like it coats your palate. It doesn't just, you know, wash away with a sip of water or something. Correct. Yeah. Um, and this palladium, I'm going to light up the green here in a minute because this uh, this palladium, although it, it burned a little quick, it burned perfectly. The smoke output is extremely rich and mm-hmm. um, it's it's got what I like as a uh, somebody who loves Connecticut Shade Cigars um, because it's it's got depth and body at the same time as it has those notes that that you come to Connecticut shade yeah. for, which is, you know, the 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 sort of baking spice notes and creamy mouthfeel and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but it's also got richness and body to go on top of that. So I, yeah. I dig it big time. Like it's very approachable for somebody who wants a mellower cigar, but it's also interesting enough for somebody who likes a more complex cigar. Yep. I used to smoke strong cigars, like crazy strong cigars, almost exclusively when I was in retail. And I think part of it was that I felt like as a really young woman cigar smoker, (laughs) I kind of had to prove myself um, (laughs) as being like a cigar smoker. Like, oh, I'm not here to smoke mellow cigars. Like, I'm going to smoke the most full (laughs) body ones. And then after, I don't know, six months, I was like, "Hmm." I kind of started not paying attention to like strength and show and more so like, okay, what do I actually enjoy as opposed to like, what do I feel like I need to prove? Mm -hmm. And I kind of found myself into that like medium bodied sweet spot. So I like a, you know, medium strength cigar, fuller flavor. 
you know, medium to full body. Like the orange really hits well for me, the green for sure as well. But I do love the palladium because if I want something that's a little bit more approachable for the morning or it's like, you know, my millionth cigar for the day and my body just can't handle any more nicotine, but I still want the flavor. (laughs) (laughs) So tell the truth. Did you have, when you were going through that full flavored, full bodied phase and just going for the strongest thing you could, did you ever have one of those cigar experiences and you don't have to name a brand, but did you ever have one of those cigar experiences where you got into, you know, just past the halfway point of that cigar and you said to yourself, I've made a huge mistake. So, <laughs> so that, has, that has happened to me. Interestingly enough, it was not during this like prove myself phase. <laughs> so one of them ironically was a La Gloria and it was probably my third or fourth premium cigar. So I don't know what the person at the cigar shop <laughs> ended up working at was smoking, but he thought it would be a good idea to sell me this like limited edition, like little powerhouse La Gloria and being young and naive and, you know, thinking I was cooler than I was. I was like, Oh yeah, I can handle it. What's a strong cigar. What, what you know, no big deal. And it was, yeah, definitely a bit <laughs> off more than I could chew. I've had that experience thrice. And every time sucked. So, but yeah, it was not actually in that experimental phase. It just, for the most part, besides that one at a Brewers game, ironically, um, so that I had to go spend a bunch of money on like lemonade and, you know, candy at the park, you know, at Miller Park and spend like a hundred dollars on, you know, crap just to try to regulate my blood sugar. Um, it's usually from the sheer amount of smoking rather than the cigar itself. And that's yeah. a good point too. Uh, for those who are new to cigars or uh, you start getting that queasy feeling first stop stop smoking get some sugar into you you know a can of pop some candy whatever because your blood sugar is really low yeah that's what nicotine does yeah even if it's just like a sugar packet even if you're in a desperate situation at a cigar lounge and you start to feel it for me the first wave is always heat like I just get really flushed yeah. really quickly yep, and then too. I start to feel like shaky and nauseous. And I was like, Oh, so even if it's literally just taking a sugar packet and putting on, a, putting it on your tongue, you need to do something. Yeah. Yep. Go to the coffee station and steal a sugar packet. They yep. won't yep. mind. They mm-hmm. won't mind. No. And I would say avoid caffeine. Caffeine always makes me more jittery when that situation yep. occurs. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, I think should I think, we I think we should should we okay should we let's should. uh let's go with this week's numero de los muertos and as always guys numero de los muertos is brought to us by smoke in cigars and right now if you would please watch and listen to this message from honest Abe and smoke in on February 20th 2021 we will be taking on the endeavor of putting on an eight-hour virtual event, one like you've never seen before. For your ticket price of approximately $169 delivered to your door, you will get the TGS party in a box. This box will be filled with everything you'll need for our virtual event, including opportunities to purchase cigars at epic deals, epic packages, and some very special exclusive cigars being made from us by some of the most epic manufacturers in the industry. Carlito Fuente, Pete Johnson, Steve Saka, Aganor Salif, Perdomo Cigars, just to name a few. There's a very limited supply. Head over to thegreatsmoke.com, purchase your ticket, and get your party in the box. We'll see you soon. Peace.
All right. All so right. as always, Numero de los Muertos brought to you by Smoke In. So Garrett, what do you have for us this week? Well, I'm excited. <laughs> Me too. This is always our favorite segment of the show. So this this week's number is up there. All right. This is a global number. So every year, on average, just shy of 46,000 people a year die from this. What? Mm-hmm. That's got to be the biggest number we've ever had. Well, not the biggest one we've ever had. Holy crap. But Globally, 46,000. And we you now... Matt, you and I collectively play 20 questions. Yep. Yeah, and, 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 our, the, viewers, and viewers. our viewers can uh, put in their guesses as well. We'll pop those up on screen. And we can ask for basically, you know, 20 questions. think of the same way you ask 20 questions. You know, you, you uh, ask for basic uh, clues about where it happens, how it happens, you know, that kind of stuff. And Oh, I play this all the time with any, like, birthday or Christmas gifts that I'm yep. getting. Yep. It drives my husband crazy. I'm like, why play 20 questions? <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> so I am very familiar with what oh. I can ask. It's yes or no answers, correct? Correct. Yes. Mm. All right. So I'll jump in quick and say and ask, um, are these, um, are they workplace accidents? They are not. Uh, it is not alcohol poisoning. It is not nut allergy. Are they related to animals? It is not related. Well, no, well, not in the way that you're thinking. No. Well, what? How do you know what she's thinking? <laughs> like bear attacks? I assume you're thinking like you know. You think I'm thinking like bear or shark attacks? No, like uh, we'll get there, but we'll say no. We're gonna say no. Okay. Uh, Josh says sepsis. No. No. Uh, nut allergy. All right. Do these do these take place on land or water? Yes, both. Okay. Uh, adults or children or both? Yes. Yes, both. both. Uh, it is medical. Um. Yeah, it is medical. All right, Laurel. I need your help. What do you got? So, land and water affects any age. Does it involve choking on something? No. Um, is it a, oh, does it involve, does it take place in any kind of a vehicle? It does not. Okay. I'm just firing up the, the Inspirato green here. So, um, land or water, any ages, medical, the animal thing was weird. So I'm not letting go of that. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I think there's a a secret clue in there somewhere. Motion sickness. Gosh, that would suck to die from motion sickness. Oh, yeah. It is not. It is not infection from a bite. It is not shark attack. I did do shark attacks. Yeah, we've already done shark attacks. Um, So is it typically happen on vacation um i don't have the i don't think so fair enough it's not like you know some (laughs) dumb tourist thing that people are doing when they're yeah right is it um no it's yeah is it a is it 
a sport? Does it happen during a sporting activity? No. Can it happen anywhere in the world? Yes. Um, Chad says burns. Is it burns? It is not burns. Um, can you give us another clue? I think it's time to ask for another clue. Okay. Um, so if you think about, um, so it, it's not an accident. I wouldn't put this in the accident category. Um, and we're going to go, we're going to go a little bit with, uh, so This is a hard one to give a clue to because I feel like any clue from here on out is uh, is going to be a is going to be a dead giveaway. That's why you should give us a clue. I think you're giving us too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> um, it usually happens after mealtime. I was going to does it have to do with a parasite? It is parasites. Damn it, I was going to ask parasites earlier, but then you said it wasn't an infection. Oh, Wait, so that's it? That's it. That's it. So there are uh, there are 12 main parasites that uh, are typically foodborne, but you don't have to contract them food. Um, some happen out in the wild. Some happen swimming. But most of them happen from unprepared food. But uh, Ascaris is the uh, the number one killer um for parasites in the world and it uh fun fact oh, fun fact about I parasites learned, <laughs> I learned about Ascaris in um in junior high my science teacher was a huge baseball fan and um if you remember the player Zylo Vercelli's he played he played in the 70s he won rookie of the year and then he completely dropped off the map and it's because he contracted Ascaris, and he was never right after that. And I've uh, never even heard of that. It sounds like you're mispronouncing the word asterisk. No, but it can do like real, like serious damage to yeah. you know your intestines because like it's irreparable. Correct. I'd never even heard of it until yeah. right now. That's crazy. Yeah, and we actually got to dissect um, a uh, Ascaris um, colony in like. Really? Uh, in like high in, school, in junior high, junior high science class. Yeah, it was fascinating. So, is this in the same same category as like E. coli and or those and and Salmonella? No, it's more aggressive because it actually like goes in and. Um, okay. Yeah. So they're the unicellular. Well, so those are those are you're to, talking parasites, and yeah, I think E. coli and Salmonella are bacteria. bacteria yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Because I, I think it's like pretty hard to diagnose too, because it doesn't really like show up on anything unless you really know what you're looking for. So it's like just kind of this big medical mystery until usually like years later when somebody figures it out. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So ask. Uh, so parasites. Forty six thousand people a year. Wow. Laurel, well done. Thank you. Knocking yeah. it out of the park on your first ever Numero de los Muertos. That was great. Yeah. That was a tough one too. Seriously, yep. the, it it always seems like the larger the number, the tougher it is to guess. So forty six thousand—that's crazy, isn't it? That's yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. So that was this week's numero, numero 
de los muertos. Um, and so here, so uh, Christopher Morse is saying, uh, here's a, another interesting fact about it is Gross. <laughs> this number was higher in the seventies and eighties because people actually, there was a uh, treatment that um, they would try on obese people of tapeworms and mm -hmm. a lot of people died because the tapeworm would just go freaking nuts. You mean they would willingly introduce a tapeworm into the person's body? Correct. Oh, yes, dude. because then it doesn't like absorb like the tapeworm. They would eat it, but then like the tapeworm takes care of it. So it's supposed to like combat obesity. Correct. <sighs> yep. They also use leeches for medical stuff too. <laughs> so yeah. like, I mean, I feel like it's a really nice thing to live in 2021 where medical yeah. things yeah. are advanced. Yep. Oh man. Well, yeah. uh, let's let's. Uh, Let's move on to something lighter and more fun. <laughs> so for uh, Laurel, these are these are the lightning round questions. They're they're kind of fun and non-cigar related. So okay. if you could choose to hear the thoughts of one living person for 10 minutes, who would it be and why? Jeez. Okay, this is lightning round. I can't think of I can't think about this too hard, correct? It it you think you, about it as long yeah, as you need. Yep, absolutely. There's no there's no clock on this thing. Okay. The the thoughts of one living person for ten minutes and why? Yep. Ooh. I don't know. I'd probably go with someone like Elton John because he just like has so many crazy experiences and like now it's 2021, he's not touring because like you know, the pandemic and just yeah. like day to day life, like what goes around in your head after having the experiences that you've had for 73 years. Right. Did you see his carpool karaoke? No. Oh, so good. Was it recent? Um, I want to say it was a year ago. Or oh, so. I'm usually about a year behind on that kind of stuff. So I'm about due to watch it. Yeah. That's a great answer. That's, I love that's it. That's the first time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great answer. It so, is. All right, Laurel, if you were about to get into a fight, okay. what soundtrack music would come on? Ooh, if I was what, about to get into your, a fight. What would your soundtrack music be for for a fight scene in a movie? Oh, that's a tough one. For a fight scene in a movie. Yeah, like an cool. album or just one song? Sorry, I'm asking like be, specific It could be now. anything. Yeah. It could be an, an album. It could be a song. It could be a, a symphony. It could be an opera. It could be anything. What just if you if if there was a movie about you and one of the scenes in the movie was you getting into a big brawl with somebody, what would the music be behind that that scene? Mm. Okay, this is going to be a little like fringe, but are you familiar familiar with like Gustav Holst? And like the planets, the planets, yes, yeah, Mars, yes, <laughs> war. That would be like the most epic song ever. That is all right. No offense to anybody who's been on the show before, but that's the game's over. That's the best answer we've ever. Had. <laughs> the game's over. That's such a great. I, I got will, nothing. I will play it for you. It's okay. one of the just. Oh, it's incredible! But you have to listen to the whole thing. Like you yeah. can't just listen to Mars. Like. I don't know. I, I personally really like Jupiter, but that's just me. Ditto. 
girl, we are in the same wavelength because <laughs> that's been that's been one of my favorite symphonies since I was a kid. Oh, it's incredible. So, it's incredible. It is so influential on popular music where it is now that like people don't even know. Yeah. Like anyway, so I, yeah, that would be that would be my epic song for a I love season. that. All right. So this one's kind of sports related. Well, it's it's directly sports related. <laughs> so if uh choose one of the following. Okay. You could hit a home run as a starting pitcher. You could score a touchdown as a defensive lineman. You could score a goal in a hockey game as the goalie. Or you could score a goal in a soccer game as the goalie. I would hit a home run as a starting pitcher. Fantastic answer. I love baseball, so that's great Partly, if I were to be famous for any sport, I would want to be a professional baseball player. Oh, yeah? I don't know why. I just I think it would be so fun. And I think there's just a certain lack of expectation for anybody. Like, there's a lack of expectation for anybody achieving something in sports that isn't, like, their position. But I think baseball in particular, to get a home run, like, that's such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That cool. Absolutely. All right, so... If you could bring back any fashion trend from the past, what would it be? Ooh, any fashion trend. Hot pants. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. Yes. Um, all right. What's, I lost my... Okay. If uh, So who, who was uh, one of your most memorable childhood or teenage celebrity crushes? Mm. That's a good one, man. Child or teenage celebrity crushes. I mean, I don't know. I was like really into Aaron Carter, but I don't know if that's, I don't think I was into him enough to like call him a celebrity crush, but I honestly trying to think of, you never had any cute boy posters? Yeah, did you have posters on your wall? Um, I had the poster to the, oh, it's, what NSYNC album are they like marionettes on a stage? What was that one? I liked. I'm, I'm old, so we, yeah. I, I'm the wrong person to ask. I'm, I, I'm I can old. picture the album cover, but I can't remember the name of it. Like, they're all, it's like all five of them, like, the, yeah, the marionettes on the stage. I don't know. I had that poster. So, like, I guess Justin Timberlake, I would probably say, would have been my number one. Because I liked him in his NSYNC days and then also his solo career. So, we'll go mm-hmm. Justin Timberlake. Oh, that's a great. That's Carter. I, I still have a man crush on Justin Timberlake. Oh, so. I would snuggle him hard. <laughs> and he's only getting better. I know. Yeah. And he's hilarious. I know. And like his stuff with Chris Stapleton and like yes. he's so talented and so versatile. Oh. Like I think people don't give Justin Timberlake enough credit for like totally. the talented artist yeah. he is. Yeah, totally. If, if if for anybody watching or listening, if you haven't seen the performance that that he did live with Chris Stapleton of Tennessee Whiskey, yep. you have to go on YouTube it. Gives me goosebumps it's, just it's thinking about it. One like, of the best live performances of any song I've ever seen in my life. Yep. Crazy. And they did I don't remember exactly what Man of the Woods was influenced by Chris Stapleton. I know they did like a collaboration song. I think Chris Stapleton might have helped like produce or write it or something. Or there's some connection. But yeah, the whole Man of the Woods album was great. Yeah, I think the song was called Drink You Away. 
I'm pretty sure. They co-wrote that song, I think. Okay. And then there was Say Something, I know, was yeah. another one with the two of them. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. So last lightning round question. If you could add any person to Mount Rushmore, who would it be? It doesn't have to be a president. doesn't have to be politician. Nothing. Any person, living or dead, if you could add their face to Mount Rushmore. Ooh. I don't know. I don't want to like choose another artist, but I think like I would throw a Prince face up there. Oh, for guys from Minneapolis, you're killing us. That's a yes. good answer. Yes. Like, we... could you imagine? You know, you have the four presidents. You just have like Prince with his like quintessential Prince look, just like you know, chiseled and with yeah. granite, with the purple rain outfit. Yes, with the with the round glasses. Yes. Oh my! In yeah. the hair. Yeah, that's a fantastic answer. I that love is, that. I love that answer. All right, so let's um, let's talk about a notable smokable. Um, and for everybody watching and listening, as always, we mention one cigar every week that we smoked recently that um, just caught our interest. It could be something brand new to the market that we tried for the first time, or it could be something that's been in uh, been a staple on humidor shelves for decades uh, that we just tried again for the first time in many years. So. Um, uh, Laurel, is there something you've smoked recently that, um, kind of caught you by surprise by how much either you remembered how great it was or something you tried for the first time that really kind of knocked you out? Um, I'm trying to think. So like I smoked a Hoy de Monterey, the Hoy de tradition the other day, which I haven't smoked in a long time. Mm -hmm. And that's one of my favorites from general. Um, so I wasn't surprised by that, but it was nice to be able to like, bring that back into the rotation and smoke it. But um, I am trying to remember the name of it. It's driving me crazy. It was um, a newer one from my father. Um, okay. It wasn't Florida Las Antillas. It wasn't the judge. It wasn't the, because the, like the. Um, Fonseca. Was it the new re-release of the Fonseca? Cause yeah, they... that's what it was. It was the re-release of the Fonseca. Okay. And I had had the original one whenever it was released initially. And I really like my father as a company. I love the Florida, Florida oh my goodness, Florida Las Antillas. Um, the um, Le Bijou is one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So I was like, okay, I haven't picked this up. Um, I don't think it's one that I've smoked. And I had it just last week. And I was like, damn, this is a really good cigar. So that would be my notable smokable. Nice. Mm -hmm. uh, what was one for you this week, Garrett? For me, it was uh, American Viking the uh the filthy uh the filthy viking oh nice. yeah that's a good cigar yeah it really is um and it's one that that really kind of you know put them you know it was it was like their on it's the their, it's, their, it's their signature you know really yeah. and it's 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 a really good one for me it was so i went to uh a shop that i mentioned regularly just because I, I i i love the shop and i love the people there uh ramsey smoke shop which is 30 miles, you know, from here, um, uh, Omar had, he got in a, a cabinet of the, the warped, uh, Maestro del Tiempo mm. 6102R, which is mm. a rare size of that cigar, uh, Agonorsa leaf tobacco in there. And I hadn't had one, you know, since they, I, I think they first came out in 2015, I want to say. Okay. Um, I hadn't had one since back then. Um, so while I was picking up some other stuff from Omar, I saw that cabinet there and I grabbed one 
and and I should have grabbed more because I forgot. It's it really is a a very good, well balanced cigar. Is that the Lancero? No, no, it's a it's it's more of a more of a Corona. Is it okay? About a forty six ring gauge, um, which is my wheelhouse, and it's just I mean it's just such a beautiful cigar with really balanced flavors and and some of that kind of unique um, uh, Aganorsa spin on the flavor profile. Uh, with a little Medio Tiempo in there. So really, really cool cigar. You guys, and this green. <laughs> I'd, I'd say that's a nubbable cigar. Yeah, you're nubbing that. <laughs> yeah. Is nubbable. And and I'm, I'm you know, in the first third. And, and again, it's what I remember from the green the first time I smoked it um, mm. within the last year. And I just, I dig it. If you guys, if you guys like a flavor profile that's, that's bold and, and full-bodied, that has that still has nuance behind it. This is the blend for you. The finish, the finish just sits there on the palate and and and, and lingers uh, until you take the next puff. So, you guys so, are making uh, me jealous. I wish I could smoke here in my hotel. I know, I know. <laughs> for all you guys that you know, look at the Macanudo brand and think it's you know whatever your preconceived notions are. Please give them a try. Um, you know this new series and uh pay attention because it's a fantastic product both of our you know all three of our cigars so far that we've been smoking have performed flawlessly the draws have been great the burn has been perfect yep it's a damn good product and these are these are cigars that you know you know how shipping can be with cigars everybody who all of us who buy cigars and have cigars shipped to us especially in cold climates like here in minneapolis you never know what the you know what the conditions going to be, and if you, you hope after a couple of days in the humidor that things are going to even out, um, no issues here with construction, no issues with burn, no issues with draw. Yep. So that's what you want. You want a cigar that you can just smoke and not worry about. So well done. I cherry picked the very best ones for you too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Like looking through each of them, like, no, not yeah. that one. No, not that one. No, no. Put them on a draw test machine, take the cap off and put Right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, for our viewers and listeners, just to give you an idea of some stuff we have coming up uh, next week on January 18th, we are going to have uh, Kevin Shahan from Cigar Prop on the show. Uh, and learn from another person in cigar media about how he got started, what got him into cigar media in the first place. Uh, and then the week after that, this one we're really excited about because a, you know, a brand that a lot of us love that we thought was dead is not dead. So we're going to have Michael Herklotz, uh, with, uh, with Nat Sherman cigars and their new, their new venture called, and I'm going to butcher this pronunciation. I have to talk to him on the phone and find out how to pronounce it, but I'm going to say Ferio Tego. I don't know if that's the correct pronunciation. Uh, but it's, it's super exciting, you know, for, uh, so many people in the premium cigar business who, you know, thought this brand that was around for decades and decades and nearly a hundred years was gone. Uh, well, it's not gone. So we're excited to, uh, talk to him. Uh, and more stuff coming up in the future. Like we said, we're coming up on February 1st, which is the two-year anniversary, and we're coming up on episode 100, which um, we're grateful and honored to be, you know, even approaching a number like that. And it's all thanks to you guys for watching and listening. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Laurel, give us uh, give us kind of a final idea. Where's the best place for our viewers and listeners to get all the latest and greatest info about Macanudo and uh, how they can follow you guys? Sure. Um, so latest and greatest, um, we have launched a new website called Cigar World. Um, so it's not exclusive to our brands. It's 
cigar news media content from all brands. Um, so it's more of like a social social platform than it is just like specifically our website. You can join different chat rooms. Um, so if you like pairings, um, if you want to be in more of a brand specific chat room, like if you just after this are enamored with Macanudo and you want to join like a Macanudo centric chat room, you can find me there. <laughs> um, but that'll give you all the information for, like I said, both our brands and just industry news. Um, interviews from different um, podcasts and media people like you guys. Um, so that's kind of like your one-stop shop for everything, I guess, cigar-related. If you are looking to follow me specifically, you can find me on Instagram at Macanoodle Laurel. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Laurel Tilly. And um, you can find my videos on YouTube as well at Laurel Tilly. So Nice. Well, Laurel, we, we are so grateful. We, we yeah, had a great time you. spending some time with you this evening. We appreciate your time, and we, uh, we wish you an absolutely phenomenal 2020. We want, uh, you know, we want for you and Macanudo to just you know, break all previous records this year. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you so much for the invite. Like, this was super enjoyable. I'm really glad that I could sit down and chat with you guys. I said I feel like... It's not quite complete because I'm not smoking a cigar, but that's okay. We'll just have to have a redo sometime. Yes, totally. Yes, next time. Absolutely. Well, and, and you know, you being in Milwaukee, it's not that far away. So we could uh, we could definitely have an on-site, uh, yep. you know, event at a, at a shop somewhere one of these days. Yeah. And if you, you know, you come in and you end up doing Brew City or something, let me know. Um, you know, and Minneapolis is very, I mean, it's easy to get to. I do it a couple times a year. So next time I'm up there, I'll totally let you guys know. We can have a cigar Absolutely. together in person, but seriously, thank you guys for the invite. I had so much fun. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you, Laurel. So for all our viewers and listeners, thank you again for watching. Uh, if you're on the audio podcast, we are grateful to you for spending time with us as always. Uh, be sure to subscribe to all of our channels, whether it's the audio podcast, the YouTube channel, uh, follow us on Facebook, uh, all of the social media channels. You'll find us at HBT Cigar. If you have questions for Garrett or myself, email us directly on the website. How about that cigar.com. And until we see you guys next time, as always, burn cigars, not bridges. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody.